Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Spirit Talk with Jade on Vibe Radio. Um, I'm coming to you guys right now courtesy of Ryan Jones with the freaking awesome paranormal show, and um, I am a psychic medium. I'm just, I'll start off every episode with this. I'm a psychic medium. I am part of an amazing team here in Buffalo, New York. Uh, Ghost Stories Fact and Fiction, or GSFF, I will tag them when I am done this stream, and um, please go add them on Facebook. We have some really awesome stuff um, coming up. Hey, Ryan. We have some awesome events coming up, actually. Um, So, well, first and foremost, we have a psychic fair in May of this year, um, May 20th and 21st. Um, It is in Wales Center. Is it in Wales? New York, um, which is just maybe like a half an hour, 40 minutes out, outside of Buffalo. Um, so it'll be a two-day 
event. Um, we will have tables there, and um, I will have a table there. I will be um, selling and kind of like um, advertising for Ouija boards, um, Ouija board-related items. I'll be selling things like uh, crystals and, well, yeah, I will be there. I will have a table. You can come and see me and say hello to me. Um, but, yeah, follow our team. Uh, again, that's Ghost Stories Fact and Fiction on Facebook. And we also have TikTok, um, GSFF underscore uh, paranormal on TikTok. And so follow us. We So we'll have the psychic fair. And we, we also have some upcoming um, investigations that we would like to share with you guys. Uh, we'll be going to Wildwood um, in April. And then in June, we plan on going to Salem, Massachusetts. Um, so that'll be an awesome trip. So, yeah. Um, so tonight, um, this kind of episode is, is like, we'll be talking ghosts and um, paranormal experiences. I do have a guest tonight. His name is uh, Denny Blair, and I will be, he is a paranormal investigator, and I will be asking him questions about, you know, what got him started into it and um, some of his most, you know, profound spiritual experiences. So hold on one sec, guys. I'm going to go ahead and add him. See, one second. Hey. Hi. Can you hear me? See me? Good. Yep, I can hear you and see you good. You can hear and see me good too, right? Yep. How are you doing? Great. Oh, I'm doing pretty good tonight. <laughs> well, I'm tired, but I'm really excited to do the show. And it's an honor and a privilege to be able to do the show with you. So, all right. So let's just get right into the spooky stuff, okay? And I have, right. like, a bunch of questions for you and answer how you want to. <laughs> All right, so the first one is, when did your interest in the paranormal start? How old were you? What so, into it? My interest in the paranormal it really began at a young age. I think I was around like six or seven years old. And that age, I had been um, exposed to like many of the local stories of like, you know, ghostly encounters, fighting. Um, it's actually a really local one. Um, our area, and has to do with Devil's Elbow, and the whole story goes, it's the story of a hitchhiking ghost, and about a lady in white, standing by the edge of the road, mm-hmm. and she's hoping to get a ride from a motorist, so like when the motorist stops, you know, to look for her, the motorist would find that she'd just vanish into thin air. And this is actually, like, based on partial truth and stuff, because in the 1800s, there was an inn and tavern that stood at the bottom of this steep hill. And it was frequented by, like, many unsavory. Mm-hmm. And in 1932... They actually discovered, um, they had an excavation done, actually discovered 
um, the skull of a young woman. And she was killed either with an axe or a board to the head. And it fractured her skull. And once this body was excavated and brought to the surface, you know, we don't hear too much about this story again. About, you know, the ghost. But one of the local stories around this area. But for me, I think the this is what, like, being at a young age, like six or seven years old, um, this is what really, you know, made me curious to learn more about the paranormal. Um, but it wasn't really until I was around 12 or 13 years old back in middle school was when I really started to, you know, research and study the paranormal more in depth. Um, I would always go to the library and always, you know, check out some of the books and everything and everything I could find on the paranormal. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, I, I always liked scary stuff since I was little. Oh, yeah. Just drawn yeah, to it. Well, not scary stuff, but, but you know what I mean. I would always, <laughs> I would always talk to, you know, people and students in the school about, like, paranormal stuff. That was really nice, knowing that, you know, there's other people out there that, you know, were curious about it. But back then, I'd also go into chat rooms, and I'd discuss the paranormal with people all across the world. And as my knowledge and understanding of the paranormal grew, I kind of decided to pursue it a little more in depth in order to help people that were, you know, being afflicted. Um, and I did it basically to help people understand and cope with their paranormal experiences. And I have had the opportunity to be in paranormal here in my local area and also be a part of some speaking arrangements. And my passion for the paranormal needs to grow. And I am really excited to see what the future holds. So okay, that so was pretty much what really got me into the paranormal. Have you ever lived in like a haunted house? Like what 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 was have you what was like one of your first paranormal experiences that made you go, Oh, like this is real? Um, I'd have to say our high school that uh that I went to or actually not the high school but the middle school. So our auditorium is supposedly haunted by a ghost that plays the piano at night and, like, plays the piano. Mm -hmm. And I was there one night after school because my dad, he used to to work at the school a long time ago, and he knew a lot of the janitors back then. So he used to go over there, and I used to ride with him. He used to go over there to, you know, shoot the shit with some of the janitors. (laughs) But I would always, you know go wander around the school at night. And I went to the auditorium, the middle school auditorium, and I heard piano music. I was sitting in the back, kind of like the back row of the auditorium, and I all of a sudden heard piano music. But the one thing is, there wasn't a piano on stage at the time. 
and I tried to look for a piano on stage, and there wasn't one to be found. And I actually walked over to the music room, and the door was locked, and all the lights were off. There was nobody, nobody even there. But uh, I started hearing the doorknob jiggle a little bit, and I tried to open it and stuff, but it was locked, and it was kind of weird. Yeah, but that was, was like one of the first paranormal experiences I've had. Yeah, there was no one there. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, as we both know, spirits can play music. <laughs> yes, yes, they can. Seriously. All right. Um. All right. So. Hmm. I, I like have these in order, but now that we're talking, I'm just like thinking. All right, so skip ahead. Where was your first major paranormal investigation, and how did it go? All right. Uh, my first paranormal, my first major paranormal investigation was actually a local case here in my local area, and it was a homeowner was having, you know, various paranormal activities happening in her home. She was having such things as items going missing and then throughout the house mm-hmm. that she knows she didn't put them. And hearing phantom footsteps, um, things being dragged and moved across the attic floors, um, shadow figures being seen, um, disembodied voices being heard throughout the house. Um, and after talking to the homeowner, um, we learned that her granddaughter living there was messing around with a Ouija board down in the basement. Uh-huh. Um, she used to live down in the basement, actually, when she was living there. Mm-hmm. And it opened up a doorway, which we believe, to the other side, mm-hmm. which allows some negative and I remember going through some audio evidence from the basement where we captured an EVP of um, Diablo. Said Diablo. That's not good. <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> and it, it was then that, you know, we kind of knew what we were dealing with at the time. But down in the basement, there's this room, there's this one room downstairs, and it had a very heavy black mirror on the wall, mm-hmm. and it was giving off high EMF readings, and if you got close to it, you could feel the hairs on your whole body, you know, they would stand up on end, like everywhere, and, you know, we all kind of knew that this mirror was a portal, Right. and if you actually, if you actually look at the definition of what a portal is, a portal is a doorway or a gate, or other entities, especially a large and imposing one. And some synonyms of a portal are doorway, gateway, entrance, way in, way out, exit, egress, opening. And if you actually think about it, light entering into a yes. Mm-hmm. Um, what is light? Light is frequency, and frequency is energy. And it's something that everything are all made of. So in theory, yes, the mirror can be a portal for it. 
and oh, yeah. he, as a team, we removed that mirror mm-hmm. portal from the home of your phone, and we wrapped it in a black cloth and disposed of it. And I talked to the homeowner actually after that, and we also did some. Uh, we also cleansed the home. We staged the home. We mm-hmm. used holy water. We sprinkled salt around the home and every doorway, way, mm-hmm. and corner of the house. Um, I was also reading Bible battle verses. When we were actually finished with the investigation, we heard back from the client a few months later, and he had told us the news that all the paranormal activity had stopped. Come to a complete stop. Well, good job. That's always good. (laughs) All right, hold on. Let me just look at this for one sec. Um, Okay, so you probably have the most equipment out of anybody I've ever met. (laughs) (laughs) I do have a lot. I was like, holy crap. Okay. So, um, all right. So when you're on an investigation, what are your favorite pieces of equipment and methods to contact the other side? So I think one of the best methods is you're going to want to keep an open mind. You're going to want to use scientific methods to investigate, such as collecting evidence, making recordings. Uh, You're going to want to utilize some of the latest technology and tools, such as EMF meters, EVP recorders, thermal Mm -hmm. imaging. Also, you're going to want to talk You know, to gain more insight into the phenomenon, mm-hmm. learn about the history. Um, you're going to want to have a team of experienced paranormal investigators with you to help observe and document. Um, you can also establish control experiments, you know, to test hypotheses. Um, you're going to want to follow up on any evidence. Um, exercising caution and common sense when conducting document all findings and evidence comprehensive report. But some of the equipment I use, I use like digital cameras, I use motion detectors, infrared thermometers, EMF detectors, digital audio recorders. Um, You're also going to need a flashlight. Um, laser grids, dowsing rods, um, spirit box, night vision goggles, and uh, I think one of the best um, pieces of equipment to use is actually yourself, your your body, you know, your senses, uh, because nothing really hurts, uh, nothing really beats personal experiences. Do you just want to talk about our um, Hinsdale trip? 
I'm way too excited. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am, too. <laughs> All right. So we, this, when did we go? It was February 6th, right? We did it an overnight at the Hinsdale house, and it was crazy. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, we both have, like, a history there, but um, that was the first time that we went together. We stayed overnight. And so what – all right, well, first of all, this was also the first time that you saw somebody use a Ouija board as part of the investigation, Correct. Okay. Okay, and based on the history that you know about the place, regardless of what I've told you, what did you think of it? Like, what did you think? Was it, did it, like, um, scare you? Like, what? Oh, the fact that you were using a Ouija board? Well, the fact of what, like, the information that we got. Oh, I think the information we got from using the Ouija board was pretty on point. Like, we were getting a lot of stuff that, you know, we didn't know or we had known, but it, like, elevated it more. Um, right. Like, what went on there. What other crazy stuff okay. happened there? So we were in uh, the, um, we were in the kitchen and yep. what, just, I don't know, setting up equipment, whatever. Oh. Right. Yeah, so we were in the kitchen there, and he heard like, what kind of like, like a bell or something ring, or some toy or something upstairs. Sounded like a toy. And sounded like a toy. Yeah. Go upstairs, and we see this uh, like a toy phone. It's also a another toy up there. Both made kind of like a similar sound, but the one toy was like a clown or something. But it sounded just exactly like what we heard. You're well, back. You're you're missing the second best part of it. So, so we come back down and we're back in the kitchen, and then we both hear a child's voice coming from oh, the yeah. exact same spot where we heard that toy. There were no children there. I'll, I'll tell you that. Yeah, we we heard a child's voice. Bizarre. That place is crazy. We need to go back. All right, let me ask you some more stuff. All right, what is the best piece of evidence on an investigation that you personally have ever got? I had mentioned to her the feeling I was getting. 
adults started taking pictures of the pictures. And after a little more time of investigating the cemetery, we had decided to pack up and get ready to leave. So we were walking back to the vehicle, and as we were walking, we hear Amanda say something where she's like in amazement about something. She was looking at her phone, and turns out she was looking through the pictures. And in one of the pictures she took, we had captured a like a grayish mist, kind of like a full-bodied apparition. And it appeared to be coming up from the ground in the picture. And I, we actually have the picture. And I'd have to say that that is probably by far the best piece of evidence captured. Um, there, was a, there was another investigation that I was on, and it was at a bar that was used as part of the Underground Railroad. Mm-hmm. And as I was leaving that night, I was outside in the parking lot, and I had I had taken a picture of like the building, and in the one window I took like three consecutive pictures, and in the one window there was like a ghostly apparition of a young boy, and it kind of looked like the young boy was dressed kind of during the Civil War period or something like that, mm-hmm. but it was like a apparition you could actually see through it and everything. And I do have that picture. Um, I was with my first team that I was with, Eternal Light Paranormal. Sorry, I just heard, heard a weird noise. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I heard it too. <laughs> All right. So what is your scariest experience with the paranormal that you've ever had? Okay. Uh, so my scariest personal experience with the paranormal would have to be when I investigated the haunted Bergen house, which is in Genesee County, um, because of how it affected me and my emotions so much. Um, It affected me so much that I actually had to walk outside um, because I was literally scared because of all the sadness and tragedy that happened there. Um, There was a lot of stuff. I don't want to go into too much detail, but there is a lot of stuff that happened to children there. And I was, like, feeling that, like, a lot. Like, I was in tears. I actually had to go outside. And the actual owner of the Bergen House, I believe her name is Kathy, um, she actually gave me a selenite crystal to hold in my hand. And that actually really helped me a lot. Um, selenite is actually used to, you know, protect from, like, lower vibrational negative energy. Um, but, yeah, this was the first time that I've ever had my emotions, you know, get that out of control while investigating. Mm-hmm. Walk outside the house. Yeah. But, yeah, there was also a suicide that supposedly happened there. Where is that? Also, some Where is that house? Um, I've never Genesee heard of it. County. Oh, really? It's kind of yeah, Genesee County. Um, it's in New York State. Um, it's not too far from Roman Hills Island. Oh wow. Um, if you know. Hmm. 
I probably follow them on Facebook. I need to go. All right, what are some of your favorite places to investigate that you've already been to? Um, some of my favorite places. Skipping ahead on you. Got to keep you on your toes. <laughs> Okay. It's on the island of Honshu. 
of trees. So I'm assuming you know about the Island of the Dolls as well. I actually was going to put that on my list. <laughs> it, was, it was either the Suicide Forest or the Island of the Dolls. <laughs> I really want to go to both places, actually. That's crazy. But, yeah, about like 30 people. You know, it's on the northwestern flank of Mount Fuji. And what they call ghosts is called uh, Uray. Uray. Ghosts of the end. March. Because March is the end of the Wow. It's also been known that they practiced Ubisuit. Ubisuit there. Ubisuit is where you actually take a family member up to the forest. You basically them to die. And it's believed that this may have been practiced well in. I love the history of these places. You have you have to do so much research to truly really appreciate a location, I think. Totally appreciate yeah, the location. Yeah. All right. Um have you ever seen an apparition? I actually have, yes. Uh, oh I've my actually God. seen so um, one of my most memorable experiences of was actually at Rolling Hills Asylum. And I was down in the morgue at the time. And while I was talking to him, I, I had my body positioned, and we were in the morgue. But as I was talking, I had a looking at me, and he was wearing a powder blue and slacks, and he was wearing brown loafers. grayish black kind of thing. And he was wearing glasses. This apparition of a man and suddenly suddenly appeared and just as fast as he I immediately walked out into the hallway to where he went. But when I got out to the hallway there was nobody down there. There was like nobody in the hallway here. That was probably my most memorable experience of seeing that apparition. That's crazy um, because, like, my most memorable one was probably at the Hinsdale house, seeing that little boy sitting on the couch in the exorcism room. And you, you, the way that you describe it is so vivid. Like, it's just like. It's, it's 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 clear as day, and like I have such a specific description of him, you know, the dark brown hair, the red shirt, the jeans, like it's crazy. And then you look, and they're gone. Yeah, something like that. Like, no, never. I was able to. Just, I was able to describe exactly what yeah. he looked like. Mm-hmm. It, it's gonna be like, like I'll, I'll never forget that. But uh, there was another time where I saw another apparition, a bodied apparition also. 
and I was at a local haunted cemetery in Freeport, New York. They have the Hilltop Cemetery. It's called the Hilltop Cemetery. And we had been investigating for a while. I decided to pack up our gear. And after packing up our gear, we made it for a vehicle to place everything inside. And while we were doing that, we heard what sounds like humming or singing coming, you know, from the just a few feet away from us. And as we looked to see where the humming was coming from, we ended up seeing an apparition of a woman in a white nightgown, and she's got dark, dark black hair. My friend and I, we watched in his we watched the woman between three gravestones, and after seeing this woman, I looked over at my friend, said to him. Did you just see what I just saw? And she replied, yeah. That was another of uh, seeing an apparition. And there was also one that I saw down in the basement of, of the young folk. Um, we were with a group of people and downstairs in the basement, small group of people. It was really dark down there at the time. But I saw the upper torso of what looked to be a young boy manifesting behind. I couldn't make out like any facial features because it looked like the facial features of any. But I could tell, you know, the color of the hair. It was like a sandy brown or like blondish type hair. Um, I also, I couldn't really see like clothing because it was like so dark and my view was kind of obstructed a little bit. You need to go back there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we All right. Hey, um, so it's kind of weird, like you and I are close, you know how I am, but listen, it's kind of weird because I saved Probably the most personal question for last. Um, so let's just ask you. Okay, so you recently lost your dad. Does the work you do as a paranormal investigator bring you any sort of closure? Um, yes, I, I do find that the work I do in the paranormal field does bring me um, some semblance of closure um, after my father's passing. Um, I remember, like, the day that he passed, my aunt Lori was coming up that night, and I had gone to sleep before she came up, and I actually ended up having some dreams, like, right before she came up. My my father actually came to me in the dream, and he actually was talking to me in the dream, and he said, I'm sorry. I wasn't ready to go yet. I'm sorry. But uh, he also told me 
that I'm the man of the house now. And he told me that he loved all of us very much. And he... <clears throat> Sorry, I'm getting a little choked up here. <laughs> but Take your time. he wanted me to... He wanted me to pass along a message to my mom that he loved her, that he loves her. Um, in the time when I was talking to him in the dream, um, I actually wanted to kind of be where he was, and I actually asked him that. <laughs> And he said, you can't go where I am. But there was another dream that I had, like, right after that. And my dad has a tracker outside. And in my dream, he was riding the tractor, like, to the great beyond. Oh, cool. And he was riding off. I think it was kind of his way of, you know, saying goodbye. Wow. But, uh, there's also been, like, numerous strange occurrences in the house, like, after he passed, um, such as disembodied voices. Um, both myself and my mom have heard disembodied voices. And not too long ago, our doorbell Actually, our doorbell, like door right here, um, our doorbell had rang. What was weird about it is the doorbell, it usually plays the full tune. Mm-hmm. Um, when the doorbell was rang, it only played like just a few seconds of the tune. And when we about to find out who was ringing the doorbell or who was out here, nobody out here. When we actually walked out here, I have a, I'm going to position this a little bit. I don't know if you can see those right there. Those are child car seats. Okay. When we actually walked out here, sitting like pretty firmly out there, Mm -hmm. like if you actually get up and you like stop on the floor, they're not going to fall. Mm-hmm. But when we actually walked out here to check the doorbell, um, our seat just fell on the floor. So I kind of thought that would be pretty important. Honestly, like, it's hard for me. Like, I, I understand where you're coming from. Like, it's been, like, my my grandma passed away in 2016. Like, it still feels like yesterday. So, like, who am I to tell anyone how to deal with grief? But I will say, like... That that definitely sounds like he. It, it, it sounds like he's around you guys. I don't know. Yeah. I'm sorry okay. for your loss, though. I actually. Thank you. Yeah, I actually do believe that he's around us. Um, I I still kind of sense the sense of presence. Uh, presence. And I actually went to the dentist. Um, they had to put me under. Mm-hmm. And I actually had a vision of my father, in, like kind of like a Grand Canyon type scene. Mm-hmm. We were sitting like on a cliff, and we were just talking.
talk when I came to um, I had been in tears <laughs> when they actually you know walked me up out of the fitness chair I was in tears at the time hmm you you would be someone like kind of like like me to like focus on saying hey come and speak to me in my dreams I think you're a good candidate for that, <laughs> honestly. I I think I am because I've always had I've always had dreams that like tell the future or like I've had dreams that are like deja vu and like you'll dream something and then later on. Mhm. That's it's called a premonition, actually. Yeah, premonition. Yeah. Yeah, I've had some of my most, like, spiritual experiences in dreams in regards to, yeah, the other side, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Another way that I find closure, though, is, you know, focusing on the memories Mm -hmm. and the legacy of my father. I hear you. Well, hey, thank you for doing this with me today, tonight. (laughs) We need to go back to the Hinsdale house. (laughs) Oh, we got to go back. Well, all right. Thank you so much. I'm going to, I don't even know how to. Anyways, thank you, Danny. When I figure out how to exit this thing to do the, oh, wait. Thank you very much. Have a good night. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Okay. All right, everybody. That was a good show. Thank you, Denny, um, for being open and honest about your paranormal experiences. Um, Thank you again, Ryan, with the freaking awesome paranormal show for the opportunity once again to do this. And shout out again to the awesome team that I I am part of, Ghost Stories, Fact and Fiction. Go follow us on Facebook. We have an awesome psychic fair coming up and all sorts of cool events. So um, thank you, everyone, for watching, and I hope you have a good night. Bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.